Welcome to episode seven of the Been There, Lost Fat podcast, real education and advice from people who get it. We have been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. We're here to help you weed through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health, fitness, and physique goals in a sustainable way. I'm Sarah Fucinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me, here with one of my assistant coaches and certified nutritionist, Jess Valoy. What's up, girl? Good morning. So we have a stand-in for Taylor today. Taylor's Taylor's going on a birthday trip, the big 3-0, so we let her get out of the podcast. Um, but I, I tapped into one of my closest friends in our Fit With Me cult family network. I don't know what we're going to call it at this point. Um, Danielle, welcome to the pod, girlfriend. Thank you. And I feel like I'm one of your closest friends in general. We don't even have to put the disclaimer there. Uh, I can see you one of my closest friends all the time. Oh, we're going to talk about our story. Don't worry. Our relationship is a topic of this conversation. <laughs> so we brought Danielle on because we, well, because we love her, but also because today we're going to be talking about weight loss surgery and all three of us have had it. Um, so we had a, we posted a question box. So we're going to do a Q&A episode. This is our first Q&A. Hopefully we can be efficient with it, but if not, we'll be back for a part two. Um, and thanks to everybody who submitted questions, obviously in order to make a Q&A episode, we need some cues for the A's. Um, and so Danielle and I met, um, she signed up as a client and then we started working out together because she's local. And then we, you know, became lovers. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, Danielle is one of my my very best friends. It's actually kind of funny because I'm like on a pod with like my besties right now. So this should be super fun. Um, but Danielle, can you tell us, just give us a little recap of kind of like who you are and your health journey a little bit, just so we can catch everybody up to speed before we dive into our 21 questions here? Yeah. So I am Danielle Nyhoff. I am almost 30. Um, I got the gastric sleeve, uh, in February of 2020. Um, I was one of the last surgeries before they did COVID shutdowns. Um, and I started a little Instagram page to like document my journey. I thought it was just going to be like a little diary. Um, cause I wasn't super excited about telling some members of my family necessarily. And so I decided to keep the pages separate. Um, and it just kind of grew and it was a really supportive space. Um, I, like I said, had the surgery in February of 2020. Um, by six months post-op, I was at and like past my goal weight. Um, and then really I attribute that to like eating right and uh, exercise. I was doing a lot of like high cardio, which now I've obviously kind of changed my plans. Um, but I did a lot of cardio um, and I lost a lot of weight very quickly and I actually got to a point where I felt I was a bit underweight, um, which is kind of where we picked up with Sarah um, and I kind of joined her team. Um, I had just, there was really no muscle tone. I was what they would call like skinny fat. I was um, pretty small and not a lot of muscle tone going on there. And so then I started working with Sarah and that's kind of where we are now. Um, she's jacked now. I don't know if anybody uh, <laughs> has seen Danielle lately, but she girlfriend's got some serious tank top shoulders and arms coming in. 
Um, it's, it, it's been so fun, uh, like obviously working with you and you're kind of like, you were a different kind of uh, client than what I typically work with. Um, and so it was kind of, uh, we, we had, we, you know, we had to make some adjustments along the way. And I think it's really hard after mm-hmm. we also do like, you know, eating more. And so that's kind of something to wrap your head around. Um, but you know, we worked on some internal health things, some gut health stuff. And I mean, she's just killing it. Um, all right. Are we ready to Let's do it. dive into our questions here? All right, let's go. First, uh, Jess, I'll pass the mic to you. Did you always struggle with your weight? Um, I yes, but then I look back now and I wonder if it was in my head for some time too. Um, and that that I started having more weight problems because my brain perpetuated that I had a weight problem, and then it it turned into a real weight problem because I believed that I had a weight problem. Uh, because you've asked me in the past if I was you know heavier as a child, and I was like, oh yeah. And then I pulled up you know old pictures of me as a child, and I'm like, well, that's not what I would consider an obese child at all. I mean, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit on the thicker side or whatever, but in the range of normal. Um, so I would say from my teenage years on, yes. So when people ask me like, you know, how long have you been on this like dieting journal? I probably about 25 years. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, uh, it's, it's interesting what, uh, how you think of how you remember things versus what the reality of things are. Um, yeah. What about you, Danielle? Um, I am actually, when it comes to uh, like, gastric sleeve patients I feel like kind of I've always been outside of the norm um so unlike a lot of people I was not heavy as a child I was what you'd consider underweight as a child I was very thin I did cross country and track and so I graduating high school weighed about 95 pounds um and I'm 5'7 so I was very thin um and I gained my weight um I got pregnant at 18 had my first at 19 and I was on bed rest my entire pregnancy from eight weeks on. Um, and so as a child, I just didn't ever have to eat healthy because I was running and my metabolism was crazy and I was just tiny. And so I kept those bad eating habits into a state when I couldn't exercise and I was bedridden for nine months and I gained my first like 80 to 90 pounds. Um, and then after that, I had another baby. So I put on more weight. And then after that, I had another baby and I put on more weight. And then at that point, I was just to a point where I felt like I couldn't do it myself to get back down um, because it just felt like such a huge mountain. And like, so to go from like 90 pounds to 270 pounds, um, it's a big jump. And so after my last baby, that's kind of when I was like, I have to do something like, you know, I just, and honestly, I didn't believe in myself enough to be like, I can do it on my own and power through it. And I really just felt like I needed something to like help me on the way to like jumpstart me. And so that's kind of why I went into like bariatric surgery. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I guess my, my answer is kind of similar to Jess. Like I, um, like in my mind, I was always struggling with my weight. Um, and, but I think also like, if I think about the like activities that I participated in as a kid, like I was into gymnastics when I was like really young, like, like under seven. And so there were all these like teeny tiny little gymnasts. And so even though I was not, I I would say I was, you know, like average, um, you know, I think that that was part of it as I was comparing myself to the teeny tiny gymnasts. 
And I also like had boobs and got my period early and like all of that stuff. So I was like developing when my friends weren't. And then I moved into horses and that's another sport where, you know, it's, 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 it's a good aesthetic to be, to be tiny. And so I feel like I always put that pressure on myself to kind of look like somebody that I genetically am not. (laughs) And that's kind of what made me feel like, oh, I must be fat. And then like we talked, I think we talked about this in our first episode, like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy for me. Like I always thought I was, and then that's exactly what I became. Um, so that, I think that that is like, so, you know, as we loop back even into our last conversation with Celeste talking about mindset, it is all a lot, a lot loops back into the, into the brain here. Um, what, what made, uh, what made you decide to look into, to weight loss surgery, Jess? Like, was there, was there like a, like Danielle said, there was like a, like a moment that was like her, like, I'm, I've had enough moment. Um, I had a moment too. Do like, what was yeah. your moment with that? Yeah, I, um, I had tried what I would consider like everything. I had, I had tried all the things I had. Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, um, Biggest Loser style like competitions at the gym. I even auditioned to be on The Biggest Loser and made it to the final rounds of almost being on that show. Um, so really tried, you know, what I considered like all of the things. Um, and every time I would, you know, have a small bit of success, you know, I'd lose 10, 20 pounds and then mm-hmm. I'd gain 50 back. And it just kept that way until I got to 320 pounds. Um, I stopped having my period. I stopped feeling like myself. Uh, My mood and everything was different. Like I just, I felt like I had become a different person at that weight. Um, And I I didn't, I didn't like how it felt. I didn't like how it was. And then it was um, brought up in one of my, one of my, um, doctor's visits after I'd been on like a doctor prescribed diet for six months, that that could be an option. Um, and then I looked into it more, uh, found the like Instagram weight loss surgery community. And this was like eight years ago. So it was like a whole different scene then. Um, and decided, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a try. Um, and it was scary because I felt like it was really like my last ditch effort at like making this happen. And if it failed, I didn't know what else I was going to do. Um, so I already had like put that like thought in my head from the beginning, like you can't fail this. This is it. This is the last thing. Like this has got to be it. But yeah, it was just many, 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 many attempts at the the, mm-hmm. the diet roller coaster. Danielle, and, did you uh, have any of that like cyclical like just- diet, lose a little bit, go back or like, because the way that you described your story is you were just like, I had a baby, I kept painting. I had a baby, I kept painting. Was it just like kind of like, um, you know, just, just gaining and gaining, or were you like attempting to diet in between? Were you having any success with diets in between? Like where, what was your experience with that? So honestly, I was so focused on my babies. I really didn't think like, yes, like I would say like, Oh, I like need to lose weight, but it was never something that I really like pursued. And I just felt like I would give up before I ever got really any momentum going. Um, And so like my first, um, after, uh, I had him, I had three years before I had another baby. So there's like some time in there, but I just, I was a new mom. I just, that was not on my mind. Then after my second, so I had my second, I breastfed until I got pregnant with my daughter. Um, and then got pregnant with her and then, so for, a and then I had breastfed her for two years. So I had like a period of like 
five years of pregnant or breastfeeding back to back. Got him. So the only time would have been after my first. Okay. Um, and okay. I didn't. Man, I'm glad that Gage got fixed or he just can't keep it in his pants, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about yesterday. My daughter turns five this weekend and I'm like so bummed that we didn't have mm-hmm. another one. But after we had her um, on the side of the highway, which is a story for another day, <laughs> um, I just... I was too traumatized to ever think about having another baby, but I wish we would have now because I'm like, oh, she's so But imagine big. you could be dealing with diapers right now. Jess is. <laughs> I know. That's – no. Well, and that's what we said too. We're like, oh, we don't, we don't want to get it reversed yeah, that bad. Yeah. Um, so I had kind of like a, a, like a similar experience of Jess that I had like a moment. And the moment happened for me when I, I had kind of – I tried a lot to diet. And I had that same kind of like lose a little bit, never really get where you want to go say, fuck it, gain a bunch more. This isn't working. All of that stuff. I was on that cycle. I'd lost like 30, 30, 40 pounds a couple of times, I believe. Um, and then I had, and then I just like gave up because I was like, you know, I just don't get to be one of those lucky thin people. It's just not for me. And so I had a doctor's appointment and I, I had not gotten on the scale in a long ass time. And I had to do the dreaded doctor get on the scale thing. And my mom was at that appointment with me and I got on the scale and I was like, shit, this is not a number I had ever seen. The doctor sent me down to get some blood work afterwards. And I literally said to my mom, I wish I could just get a fucking lap band. Cause that was all I knew about like, you know, weight loss intervention as far as that was concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally that day mm-hmm. I went home and, you know, <laughs> impulsive Sarah <laughs> jumped right on, found a local bariatric surgeon, had an appointment within like a week. Um, and I thought, so I looked, I was, I was doing the research. I was thinking lap band at first. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to get that balloon thing they put in your stomach. Um, then I went to my consult and the surgeon was like, no, this is, this is what you have to do. You're going to get the sleeve surgery. You're, it's going to fix your whole life. You're never going to diet again. Um, here we go. And so that was, and I had surgery scheduled within like a couple of months. Um, and I had no problem like getting, I had good insurance, like literally walking into the doctor's office, the bariatric surgeon, he like looked at my insurance and he was like, oh yeah, it's going to be fine. Two months later I had surgery. Um, I qualified and that's the next question here. I swear I'm going and I'm sticking to the questions. We're just making it conversational. Uh, I qualified not because my BMI was quite high enough because I believe you have to have like a 40 BMI to qualify just BMI. I was like a 35 and I might have even, yeah, I think I was like a 35, but I had comorbidities. I had PCOS. I was insulin resistant and uh, pre-diabetic. So he saw that. He saw my insurance and he was like, let's get you on the books. Um, what was the process for, uh, for you, Danielle, getting like, get, going to the surgeon, doing your research, getting qualified and all of those things. So Gage works for UPS. So they have amazing coverage. Um, my surgery was covered at a hundred percent. Um, we basically, I went to a doctor's appointment, um, and I did a consult Um, I believe my BMI when I started was like 42, so I had no comorbidities, but I was at a high enough BMI and my doc, uh, my insurance required a three month monitored diet. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was like September, no, October, November, December. And then because Gage works for UPS, that was a busy season, uh, December and January. So I got it in February. So wait, so the three months, that was like a, did you get approved and then you had to like do a diet for three months before you had surgery or you had to do the diet to get approved? Yeah. 
you have to do the diet to get approved. So basically the insurance says we want to see that you could like maintain a lifestyle mm-hmm. because it's a lifestyle change. So you need to basically you can't gain weight or you can have to lose weight in those three months. Um, and like if you go a pound over it, they'd say like, nope, you didn't maintain your diet, you know. So I would have to do weight checks like every month with the bariatric surgeon Um and so I did that October, November, okay. December, and then they could they submitted to insurance and it was approved. And then so I could have d- done it in January, but I held off till February. Oh, I was the biggest um, asshole of all time. Like I booked my surgery in June for August, and I was like, I'm gonna eat whatever fuck I want. <laughs> I literally because my I didn't have any of those things. Like it was so I literally I might have right. been put on like mm-hmm. like six or seven pounds or something in those two months. Um, because I was just like, you know, I, I thought like, I'm never going to be food. Well, yeah, funeral. Like, and you're told like, you're never going to eat yes. again and you're never going to be able to have pizza and all of those things. And so I was like, well, I'm eat every single thing that I want up until the day of surgery. I like, I didn't have to do any of that stuff. Right. Did you have to do any pre-op stuff, Jess? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I have Kaiser, which is an HMO. And so they had a very like established process in place and it's like a six month program you have to see a social worker you have to go to group like with people that have had bariatric surgery um you have to do a diet you have to meet with a nutritionist like there's all these hoops that you have to jump through Mm -hmm. um and i was at the early stages of like weight loss surgery really like being like destigmatized and and, like getting kind Mm -hmm. of popular um so it wasn't a huge wait for me by the time that I was like midway through that like six month process their wait times were like a year and a half out um because it just was growing in popularity but um yeah and I I actually had to go through that process twice uh with jumping through the hoops because they made me redo it when I went in for my revision and I was like well I've been successful with the first surgery so I don't really understand why I'm having to do this again I've proven that I know what I'm doing we're having this for a complication not because I'm a bad bariatric patient um but I had to go through those hoops twice so oof oof did you so I know you said that you had to do um like some counseling you had to do some classes and things um, I, another question was, uh, was around that and asking if we had to do any kind of like liquid diet or anything like that. Danielle, did you have to do any, so you had the three, three month diet Well, you had the three months don't gain weight protocol. Did you have to move into a liquid diet? Did you have yep. to be a counselor or nutritionist? Like what other kind of work did you have to do? Two weeks before I went on to a liquid diet. Um, so I did liquid diet for two weeks. Then obviously after everyone's on liquids or purees, mm-hmm. you know, um, so post-op I did, I think it was like we I went straight to purees and then like soft and then for like a month and then after you could eat like regular food after like three months I think but before prior to surgery I had the two-week liquid diet and then they did have like a nutritionist I think maybe was required via my insurance um but I really liked her so I saw her just anyways to like you know see what the diet Mm -hmm. would be um so I met with her like a few times um you know if I ever needed something um, prior to getting connected with you, I, you know, would reach oh out my to God, her. The nutritionist. So I had to meet with a nutritionist. They had like one, one like mental health check of some kind with the counselor, which by the way, I don't know why that lady approved me because I was just like sobbing in her office there. I was definitely not in a place nor I was definitely not maybe doing it from a place of like being educated, educated enough and doing my research. I just was like, Hey, this is the Holy grail. I'm going to do it. But the nutritionist, like, I didn't know that she, you know 
didn't know all that much, I guess now, hindsight being 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just the things that they would tell you, like looking back, she, I remember one time my mom came with me to meet with the nutritionist and she was like, here, I'm going to give everybody an almond and we're all going to practice like chewing it like 30 times because this is going to be your life now. You're going to have to like really, and I'd be like, I literally just made applesauce with it. I made my own almond milk in my mouth. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I like the, like this the <laughs> advice stuff. And then they would like, I went to a couple of the support groups and it was just people like in, enabling. And it was just, I was like, so turned off by all of the, like I'm, I'm quoting resources provided to me, um, that it was, uh, it was an experience. Jess, do you have anything to add to that? Did you have to do a liquid diet? I, I didn't have to do any liquid pre-op at all. Like at all. My doctor was like, I don't want to, he said it's for fatty liver stuff, but he was like, yeah. I don't believe in telling people that are overeating to like starve themselves or so. He had some sort of thing about it, but I didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. They had us do like a two week diet and it was three protein shakes a day and one lean cuisine style dinner. This is exactly how they, they worded it. Three protein shakes a day, one lean cuisine style dinner with a cup of vegetables. And then, uh, 24 hours before was a clear liquid diet for the day. And I had to do that. Really appetizing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. I I think it's so interesting that they like, and even in like in the bariatric community and people are like talking about the pre-op stuff, they really relate it to like, show how much willpower you have. And it's like, well, hold on. I think that we've all learned in practice and in the long-term post honeymoon stage that like willpower and like these, like these, these words are like so much more damaging than they are helpful. I mean, at least I find that. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. Next question. Um, did anybody lose their hair post-surgery? Yes. Yeah. It was awful. Yes. I would argue that my postpartum hair loss was worse than my weight loss surgery hair loss, but maybe it's a little mixture of the both since I had my kids after weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely had that like around the um, the hairline, like balding. Yeah. I mean, like if this, if anyone's watching, that's, that's breakage. <laughs> That's, 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 well, I guess regrowth. That's regrowth. Like, well, we've also, we've also, you and I have also blonded ourselves quite a bit, which certainly doesn't help with the hair health. That's true. I remember when I started having hair. So yes, I had, I think, I think that that's standard. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody that's, you know, starved, forced, been forced to starve, AKA had weight loss surgery. Um, and didn't have, you know, uh, I guess consequences of essentially malnutrition. Right. Um, and I remember my hair was falling out. I had really long hair. And it was like really, I'd be in the shower and there was like handfuls and it was like part of my identity was like my nice hair. It was one of the few things I liked about myself. And my mom was like, you should just cut it off. Just cut it, like cut it off. So it's like not as disturbing when it's coming out. So I got like a cute short hairdo um, and, it, and it was a little bit less damaging, but it was, I mean, that was like a disturbing thing. I bet it, I mean, it's not something that held me back. I was aware of it beforehand, um, which brings me to my next question. Let's talk about loose skin. Oh boy! Oh, Danielle just rolled her eyes. <laughs> my least, my least favorite topic. Oh, we can skip over it. No, we're not skipping over it. <laughs> Let's talk no, about. Let's talk no, about. that's just my. It's like my biggest insecurity. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And anyone who says like I love my loose skin, I feel like they're partially totally. lying. Totally. Um. Um. It's awful. It like I can't move the way that I want to. Like I need to have all these like tight leggings on if I'm gonna go on a run. Like could never wear like shorts, not because like I'm self conscious. Like yes I am, but because it literally like 
hurts to run like with all of the skin just flopping around um are there like places and then obviously are there like, places that bother you more like oh I guess the, I, I, like I know you so <laughs> um like where where do you have the skin what like what bothers you if you don't mind talking about that are you like planning on having any kind of surgery from there so um I got really lucky in the sense that um I think a lot of people struggle with their arms and I you know I a lot of people have like the skin removal on their mm-hmm. arms I got super lucky that's about the only place on my whole body that I don't have loose skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my arms, you like, you know, from my chest up, you, well, above my boobs, my, you know, from my shoulders up, you wouldn't be able to tell mm-hmm. that I really have loose skin. Um, it's everything like my boobs down. So um, I have, I used to have very large breasts um, and they've just like shriveled up. So a lot of loose skin there that I definitely want to eventually get you know, the skin removal and then implants um, and a lift and then a lot of loose skin um, around my stomach. Um, Probably want to do like a lower body lift um, because the loose skin goes all the way around like to my back, Um, not upper back, lower back. Um, But so just kind of everything lower body kind of took a beating. Is that Um, where you carried most of your weight? And I think that's, yes. most of it was in my stomach. And then, um, so it makes sense that, you know, that's where I kind of have the most loose skin. So a lot of extra skin on my stomach, um, and then my thighs. So I, I don't know, I've heard horror stories about thigh lifts, but I would like to get a thigh lift too. So my plan as of now is for sure, like lower body lift in the sense of like doing like a 360, um, tummy Mm -hmm. tuck and then, um, like implants. And then possibly thigh lift, depending. I don't know. That's to be determined. Yeah, like, but we don't have like any dates set as of so now. as uh, as your friend. Like, with this is a, this is a topic of conversation that we've had a lot because it is something that is a thing and it bothers you, right? And so I I'm like so excited for you because I think that it will like take you to that next level to have that confidence of you know just like really seeing all of your hard work and and being proud of that as well. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for when you, uh, for when you get settled in your new house and you move into that plastic journey, um, and I'll be there to take care of you. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Sarah has volunteered to be my caretaker. So that's sweet. And so hopefully at some point we, I mean, we've talked about it. My husband and I have, you know, it's something that's on the horizon. Just don't have any like set plans as of now. Um, since Sarah mentioned we are, on the final stages of finally moving into a new home. Um, and then we can kind of think about, you know, that, um, I'm turning 30 in April. And so I kind of have been throwing around, what if I, you know, didn't do something for my birthday and, uh, you know, at a later date this year or next or whenever, you know, feasible to end up getting like the plastics done as kind of a birthday present. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I have a kind of a follow up. Definitely there. in the plans. Uh, would you stay in the U S for the surgery or would you go out of country? Cause I know that's pretty popular. I would be, I'd be willing to go to Mexico. My husband, if you know him at all, would never let me, um, Sarah's <laughs> chuckling right now because, uh, she knows my husband and, uh, there's no way that he would ever let me go out of the country for surgery. Um, so somewhere he here. He doesn't even US. want you to go to Mexico for vacation. <laughs> I know. My, my, my husband is the same way, so I can relate there. My husband wants what I want. 
<laughs> Anybody who wants to know the key to a very, very event, uneventful marriage, um, I mean that in a nice way. Um, just do what your wife says, right? That happy life, happy wife. But I was in a different stage with my loose skin because um, – so I didn't have that much loose skin. And I actually got a lot of hate on the internet for any of the plastics that I've had because everybody was like, well, it wasn't that bad. And even like with weight loss surgery, like I wasn't fat enough. I didn't have enough loose skin. And so I like got – and I was like, well, hold on now. Um, I'm not I'm not asking you to pay for my plastic surgery. I didn't put up a GoFundMe or anything. So fuck you, first of all. Um, but the first thing that bothered me was my breast because I had always had, um, I'd always had boobs, but I never had, like, I was never, I never had the freedom of like wearing whatever I wanted. And so that was, the, that was really my why behind, mm-hmm. um, getting the loose skin removal. And so, and I didn't. Yeah, she wears all the booby shirts. Out all the time. I paid for these. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to parade them around. Um, but in all seriousness, I didn't think that I was going to need a tummy tuck because I was like, that's going to be like totally fine. I'm going to be able to just work that off. And so. I had my, I had a breast organ lift first. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I wasn't quite at my goal. I was maybe, you know, I, well, I don't know. We could talk about, I'm, I'm going to skip over that. I wasn't quite as lean as I, as I should have been to get it. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I was, and I'm quite a bit leaner now, I should say. So I had my breasts done They were It was awesome. And then like a year ish later, um, I remember getting to a point that I was like so frustrated with my with my stomach that, and I thought it was fat. So I went in for a lipo consult actually with the same surgeon. And he was like, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is this isn't fat. This is skin. The bad news is lipo isn't going to help you. You're going to have to have a tummy tuck. And I was like freaked because I had seen a lot of people that like lost their figure. And I still had, you know, I had a waist. I didn't want my two concerns where I don't want to look like a cereal box and I don't want to have a weird belly button. Um, luckily I had a good surgeon and I, and at that point in time, I was lean enough that I was a good candidate. And by the way, anybody considering plastics, please make sure that you are very, very close, if not at your goal, as far as leanness. And the reason I say that is when I had my breasts done, like I would, I'm considering having my boobs lifted again. And I mean, they're still fantastic, but I'm just a perfectionist. And it's because I just got a little bit leaner after the fact. And so they, you know, they're, they're great, but they're not like, you know, supernatural like they were in the beginning. So there's that. Um, if you're going to have fake boobs, I mean, might as well have them look fake. But anyway, so I had, so I had a tummy tuck. I had abdominal repair. I had all of that shit as well. Um, and I'm super duper glad that I have it. And you know, it did, it did make me more comfortable in my body. So I will say that. Um, I know Jess, your Jess is going to have a totally different point of view right now. So I'm excited for it. Let's talk loose skin. So I'm not there yet. First and foremost, like I'm not in a place where I would, um, I would consider having, um, skin removal surgery. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not lean enough. I still have a, a ways to go. Um, I do already have loose skin in all the places. I've got the titties, as I like to call them. Um, we, we get a little bit of a, a, a lift with the breastfeeding, but I know that that's not going to last long. Um, but after, after my second pregnancy and having an emergency C-section, um, I can pretty much, um, I'm probably not going to have any kind of skin removal surgery. Um, I don't do well with narcotics and, um, anesthesia and all of that. And, um, after my experience with my, my emergency C-section, um, I have zero desire to have any, um, abdominal surgery. I have a question about that. Yeah. I have a question about that. So I know that, um, maybe for like, from an aesthetic point of view and from that, you know, and from the surgical point of view, sure. But what if you do get, you know, to, to your goal and your loose skin is, um, you know, ca- like, like causing rashes or, you know, causing some sort of like 
quality of life issue? Is that, would that change the game for you? Or do you think that you would just deal? Maybe it would have to be pretty, it would have to be pretty severe for me to consider mm-hmm. because I when when I say that I had an awful experience, it was, it was pretty awful. Um, and I was pretty miserable for way too long. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I was in the hospital and I look over at my mom and I'm like, remind me of this. If I ever stop talking, if I ever start to talk about wanting to have skin removal surgery, remind me of this. <laughs> Didn't she put it on video for you? She did. She did. <laughs> Mom's great with that. She's like, yeah, you got it. Um, so, all right. Yeah. I, do we have anything else to add on the loose skin? I mean, the loose skin topic like is a pretty, it's a pretty like relevant and hot topic. And I think that it's something that everybody can. I remember I thought about that a lot before I had surgery and anybody who asked would say, well, I'd rather have skin than, than have the fat. And I would agree with mm-hmm. that for sure. I mean, I think that. I agree with um, that. But it is mm-hmm. still definitely like the hair loss thing is, was a thing. Like that was something that I really yeah. did think about. The loose skin thing was a thing that I thought about yeah. for sure, you know. Well, and um, before my kids, I was totally on board with it. I was like, I was ready to go. But and like, I almost had skin removal surgery right before I got pregnant with my first. So mm-hmm. I, I had a different state of mind before and it could change again. Who knows? Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the coolest part. <laughs> you get to change your mind and do whatever you want. <laughs> that's right. Um, so do you guys feel like your bariatric team um, prepared you for, I guess, prepared you for... Um, the healing phase, I guess, is the first question, part one. And part two, do you think that they prepared you for your long-term success? Danielle. Healing. Um, I, again, I'm not the typical bariatric patient. I was fine after like three days. Um, I was walking an hour after bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super easy recovery for me. I know that that's not the case for everyone. Um so as far as that, like recovery, super easy. Um, so did they necessarily prepare me for it? No, I guess not really. Um, but there wasn't much to it. Um, you know, followed their care instructions, like walk when you're able to. And I mm-hmm. felt fine. So I walked and um, I was cleared at two weeks to start like exercising, like not lifting heavy things, but walking up in my cardio or doing mm-hmm. yeah doing more you know exercise based activity and at six weeks I was like fully cleared um and just really kind of ran with that and so I didn't really have necessarily support but I don't know that in my case I necessarily needed it because I was recovering just fine um after that I think that if you are going to fit in the bariatric box of eating 800 calories for the rest of your life um then they did a good job. <laughs> um, it, you know, like they have support if you're in that very specific box. Um, they didn't really know what to do with me just because I had lost weight so fast. Um, typically, I think that they have people who maybe aren't as dedicated once it gets right down to it. I literally didn't have a cheat meal until I was at my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was very rigid. Um and I don't think they're necessarily used of someone that rigid. And so then they kind of were just like, whoa, we don't know what to do with you. Like, you need to pump the brakes because now you're eating only 800 calories and you're not having any, you know, I just did everything that they said and it maybe worked a little too well. So then where they were like, okay, you're showing signs of like vitamin deficiency. Right. And um, 
anemia and I was passing out like Gage took me to the hospital one day and you know from just being too low and so in that sense like aftercare they didn't really know what to do with me Um, but if you were going to stay in that bariatric box of like the 800 calories that what they think you know being the perfect bariatric patient for the rest of your life looks like then yeah they had a lot of options for that but anything outside of that how old were your kids when you had surgery two four and okay so like mama being out of commission was a big problem yeah Yeah. um but it didn't like i said it didn't last long um i couldn't the hardest part was my daughter was still in diapers and i couldn't lift her like up to the table so i just would sit on the floor Mm -hmm. to change her um but other than that, like it really, I just really wasn't bad. Um, my husband had the, his vasectomy a week later, and I was like taking care of him for his vasectomy. <laughs> of course, um, you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it just it really was like for me, it wasn't that bad. But I also have given birth naturally, uh, two times unmedicated, so I have a pretty high pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it might be attributed to mm-hmm. that too. Jess, do you feel like you were given the tools by your bariatric team for? recovery and then post honeymoon long-term success so my weight loss surgery my sleeve surgery was my very first surgery in my whole entire life so I didn't know what to go I, I had no idea of what to expect as far as like anesthesia reactions pain medication any of that because I had no I had no experience with any of that not even like dental surgery like nothing um so I had a terrible experience post-operatively um I, me and Delauded are not friends uh, at all. I could not move for like 30 hours prior to the surgery. They're like, yeah, you'll be up walking around on the floor like four hours after surgery because, it, you know, it helps to keep moving. They, I couldn't get out of bed or anything for 30 hours. Um, and then when I could start to move, it was very slow, very painful um, and not, not the greatest of um, recovery situations there for me. Um, the second time around, it was a lot different because I had a better sense of like my pain medication and anesthesia reactions. And so I was able to like pre-medicate with, um, like anti-nausea medications and things like that. So we we set things up a little bit better so that I was up and moving. Um, I, the second time I, um, I was off all of my pain meds at like four hours post, post post-op. Um, as far as like long-term stuff though i can remember the um the bariatric the head bariatric nurse telling us in one of our like group sessions um if you're not willing to eat a thousand calories or less for the rest of your life you should just leave this room now because that is the reality of what is going to happen you are going to eat a thousand calories or less for the rest of your life in order for this to work so i would love to talk to her now (laughs) <laughs> that is not what I'm doing. Knowing what I know. That's know. basically basically exactly the same. Like if you know you stay in that 800 to 1,000 calories, and honestly, I just don't see how it's like feasible. Like you know, and if people are really going based off of that advice. I mean, like, how does it feel to be hungry all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, I just, you know, like, my hunger has come back with a vengeance. Like, how does it feel to be hungry all the time? Because even now, yes, I eat less, like, portion-wise, a lot less. But I, you know, I just, it's wild to me that for your whole life, like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know how people can keep doing that. 
You know, like well, it's just not sustainable. I don't sustainable. know what the why is behind it because I, because it's not doing anybody any favors. And I think that, and so I, so I guess I'll 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 answer the question too. Um, that I so my my experience with myself, and I'm going to speak with the uh, on the hundreds of bariatric patients that I have worked with in a coach client uh, platform, and I'll tell you that I've literally met um, many that were given the tools for the healing phase for moving through the stages of uh, you know liquids to soft foods to you know to working on getting your protein mm-hmm. in, although you know recommending wildly inappropriate supplements. Um, I see that a lot, <laughs> but. I don't think that's the problem. I, I think I think that the you know the medical care of healing from surgery is 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 pretty on point across the board. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I think that the reason that the regain statistics are so high is because of the lack of education um, for after you know your body adapts to eating super low calorie, and I think that that is something that is so missing from the community. And it's a huge part of like what we do here at Team Fit With Me is people come to me. And this is when I came to my coach too. I was eating 800 calories a day. I was exercising like a mad woman. I was looking worse. I was feeling worse. Um, and I didn't know what to do because anytime I went back to my quote unquote bariatric basics, um, it, it didn't get me anywhere. Just and do another pouch reset. Well, and that, oh God. <laughs> so, well, I don't know if we have enough time for that. Um, but that, but that's the thing is that they, you know, I, it's just, I, and I don't think that, I think that they want to help you, but they just don't know how to help you um, because they specialize like the dietitians at the bariatric offices and the bariatric special, you know, dietitians in general, they're really good for the medical care part of it. But I've never met anybody in my, in, in my professional or personal life that eat, eats 800 calories a day that I'm like, oh man, I really want to look like that person. Oh man, I, you know, she looks like she's feeling good. Um, so I think that we need to think about that piece. And I think that there needs to be a definite separation between these are the guidelines you need to follow when you're healing from surgery versus this is how we can optimize your health and show you how to sustain your results and really reach your ultimate goal in the long term. Because I don't think most people reach their ultimate goal following the, that just the bariatric. I, I think that's probably most people. They hit a wall. And then they're frustrated. And that's, you know, that's kind of how I've met both of you guys. And even though Danielle's is is, is atypical, um, I think that you can agree that you were like, well, I don't really know what to do. I'm putting in all this effort and I don't know how to progress in the direction mm-hmm. that I want to, right? Well, and I was just terrified of food. Like for me to have, like, I could have never gotten the results without somebody else telling me that it was okay because I was so rigid. I was like, well, I'm going to stay on this 800 calories forever, you know, and I was one of those people who was like, I'm going to stay on those, you know, whatever they tell me. And, you know, but I was underweight and they couldn't help me because they're like, well, you're supposed to stay at these 800 calories and, but you need to gain weight, but do it in a healthy way. And, you know, and they just, you know, I definitely needed somebody to guide me through that process because I am atypical and they didn't know. Well, look at the resources know, that are available what, to us. How to so like when it. I had surgery and, I, and I'm sure when Jess had surgery, I, I know this, um, there really weren't resources available. So like when we were getting on Instagram, I Jess was all, I, I followed Jess for a way long time before we met and Jess was always a share. I was not a share. I was on Instagram. I didn't even like put my identity up for a while. I was just creeping on people to figure out, you know, what I could. So there were like very little resources. Mm-hmm. It was you just like finding other people that had it and being like, what worked for you? What worked for you? And this like exchange of, you know, just the like idiocy, <laughs> which we know now. But now, years later, there's an abundance of resources, but they're really poor resources. And I have... 
There are so many oh resources, but and they are not all created equal. They're such low they're quality. Most- it's so bad. And people will, and it, and most of them are people saying, "I'm the source. I have the secrets. You should follow my advice." Yet you look at their, you know, level of success, and unless you want to emulate somebody that's struggling for the rest of their life and ultimately failing at, you know, at, at being healthy and fit and all of those things. Um, First of all, you're an asshole for giving advice. Second of all, you're an asshole for charging people to give that advice. Um, and third of all, like you, you don't realize the damage that you're, you are literally damaging people like by being a fucking moron. And I, I've talked and ranted as I am now to both of you at nauseum about this because it, because it's, it's hard to, you know, these people are being victimized because they're, you're desperate and you're frustrated and you don't know who to look for, for help. And I was so lucky that I found a great coach um, out of the gate. And I didn't hire a coach that had anything to do with bariatric anything. Um, but I i mean, gosh, I, I should probably wrap up this rant. But um, be very, very careful who, who you hire. It's really fucked up. I, I hate it. I don't know why people think that they're qualified when they can't even do it themselves. They can't even do it themselves. And it's not about just having, even if you know what to do, scientifically, you've read a bunch of books. You can't apply it to your life, then you should fuck all the way off. <laughs> and um, now that I've gone on a tangent, I can I can make a whole fucking podcast about that. Mm. You guys both know that. Um, we <laughs> we have made non record. <laughs> oh my god. Um, we, we, we. I mean the the whole like Instagram weight loss surgery community. It feels a little bit like high school over again, and the people that like didn't get to be like the cool kids club created their own cool kids club that everybody wants to be a part of and you have to charge admission to, to i'm not in. buying a ticket but to that i'm not buying a ticket to that show i'm all good on that um you know and and it and it does make me sound like kind of a bitch to be like well i well i don't want to look like you i well you know why would i take advice from you but like it i mean Listen, my mom was a, a personal trainer. My, both my parents have been in the fitness industry. And that is, I mean, listen, you have to walk the walk. You have to live the lifestyle yourself. And the cold, hard truth of that is that it does reflect in how you look. <laughs> yep. It just, it is. And I, you know, and I know that we're like so stuck in this fucking body positive movement. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to look like me or look like you or look like, you know, look a certain way. But there is something to be said in this health and fitness space. Um, you know, and I can, I, and I can equate it to, if you want to learn anything, if you, I'm going back to my golf analogy, if I, if you were hiring me to teach you how to golf and I couldn't play golf myself, wouldn't you probably not fucking hire me as your golf coach? <laughs> right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I've got, I feel yes. maybe I should stop with the coffee. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So where are we at here? Um, oh, so somebody asked a question about, um, weight loss medications and, we have plans to do an entire episode about this because it is the hot topic. And I do think that it's, it, it's worth talking about. The specific question was, is, do a lot of people get on weight loss surgery or weight loss medications after having weight loss surgery? Um, do you guys, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll tangent this out. Do you guys have any thoughts um, on that before I tangent? I think that if you are doing everything you can with diet and exercise, on plan, eating, you know, if you are doing all of the right things, then it is a tool, Mm -hmm. just like weight loss surgery would be a tool. Um, But I don't like how a lot of the people in this community are using it. And I feel like not accompanying that with diet and exercise. 
Um, it's just like the, you know, it's okay. It's a shot, but it's just like a weight loss pill. Like, you know, you're going to have success in the beginning, but it's going to come back if you don't sustainably lose that weight. Um, and my dad is a diabetic, um, and was on Ozempic before this whole big blow up. Um, and so it's a little frustrating when it's literally his life-saving medication that he can't get now because people want to use it as a fad weight loss thing. So that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Jess? Um, yeah, I mean, it can be, it can just be another mm-hmm. form of getting back on that weight loss roller coaster. Uh, if you've tried weight loss surgery and not been able to figure out the lifestyle stuff and be consistent with it and then find that you've slipped back into old habits, using that without implementing the habits is just doing that over again. Um, Sarah likes to say, mm-hmm. you know, do you want me to give you the definition of insanity? It's doing the same things over and over again. I mean, this is a different package, but it, ultimately it's the it's the same the same thing if you're not going to implement the diet the strength training, the cardio, the, the, the lifestyle things that you need to have consistently in place. But it also can be a very useful tool for somebody who, you know, maybe has some insulin resistance or some pre-diabetic or diabetic things going on and needs that little bit of a push to get things going if they have all of the other lifestyle pieces in play. Um, so I'm not, I'm not against it when it's used properly mm-hmm. um i think it can be very useful um but there is definitely an abuse of it happening rampantly yeah well and i and i well, we're all we're all very on brand on this go figure um but you know there's a time and a place for everything there are inappropriate ways to use use things and there are appropriate ways to use things um there is there is using something as a tool and there's abusing something as a crutch but no matter what tool you use um there's no workaround to the work and i think that that especially in the weight loss surgery community that's the why people are doing it is because they don't want to implement implement see episode three the commandments that you need to follow consistently in order to have a healthy lifestyle um there's no there's no getting around the work that comes along with habits and behaviors and routines and all of these things and taking care of yourself um and the work works and maybe this can give you an edge and and i've worked i've you know i've been working with these medications with clients for a very long time i'm definitely not opposed to them there are you know when it comes to insulin resistance, it's great. Um, I've actually had some clients that are insulin sensitive and just have, and are doing all the work and they have voracious appetites and it gives them a little edge in a fat loss phase to help with that. So, uh, so like any supplement, I think that's what it needs to be treated as. And, and a supplement is mm-hmm. meant to supplement the, the, you know, the really heavy hitting things. Um, and like I said, I do think, I do think we could have an entire episode talking about these because it is such, such a hot topic. And, um, and we, ha- and I've, I've worked with a lot of clients that have, you know, used them for different reasons. And I do see value in, you know, everything, just like I see value in weight loss surgery. I see, you know, be, be educated, but know that it doesn't give, it doesn't get you out of like doing the work it just it doesn't there's no work around unfortunately if there was i'd be fucking i would i'd be doing it and i'd be selling <laughs> it and i'd be rich as fuck <laughs> um all right i know that we're we're starting to run short on time here so um we've got we've got a couple questions left here um i guess the the big question is is uh would you do it again would you have weight loss surgery again knowing knowing what you know now um would you would you repeat it danielle um Yes, I guess because it gave me like that jump start that I needed. And now like it's given me 
a lot of great friendships. Like I think a lot of good has come from it. And I feel like going back, I don't know that like on my own without having like those good resources, which I don't know if I would have, I don't know if we would have met or I don't, you know, I don't know what my life would look like without it now. Um, I just am like so happy to have lost the weight um, that it's like, well, yeah, I guess I would um, just because I don't know what my life would look like otherwise. Um, And now I don't really feel like now that I'm like further post-op, my life is, I mean, I don't have any complications. Like I don't really have, you know, I, I eat a decent amount of calories that I'm almost up to what a normal person, you know, a person of my size would eat. Um, so I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think that it long-term affected me other than, you know, hopefully it helps keep my portions smaller in the future to assist with that a little bit. Um, so I guess I would. Oh, I want to part two to that question. Do you think that it is a, is a a prominent defining factor in your long-term success? Like, do you think, do you think that that weight loss surgery is the reason reason why in 10, 20 years? No, because now it's like a habit and I enjoy it. Um, but I do think that like, all I can go on is like prior, I obviously had like a very big appetite and I, my portions were huge. So, but I don't know. I don't know if I would go back to eating like that, you know, like I'm satisfied with the amount that I eat now. Um, but it does help me get full faster, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't attribute my long-term success to it because I'm still going to be doing the things that I do now, but I do think that it gives me that smaller ability to eat less. Um, and to have that little bit of restriction. Will that be in there in 10 to 20 years? I don't know. I don't think that there's enough people that have had it for 10 to 20 years to really know what their appetites look like at that point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I it's still fairly new. I have one friend, I think, who's the furthest out that I know that's like 10 years now. Um, but I don't, you know, what will my life be like in 10 to 20 years? Will I still have that restriction? I don't know. But I know that I'll still be doing the same things that I do now because I enjoy it and like it's important to me to maintain it. Mhm. Mhm. Jess, how about you? Um, I think I've answered this in the previous podcast, but I don't think that I was in a place prior to weight loss surgery to be receptive to the types of lifestyle changes and things that I've implemented now, um, knowing what I know. Um, so I think that I, I would probably still have had it at that, mm-hmm. at that stage in my mm-hmm. life. I was, at, I was, I was at a very desperate place for, uh, some big and immediate changes. Um, and that definitely, mm-hmm. that, that, that definitely happens when, when, <laughs> when you have weight loss or do you definitely do have that like honeymoon period where you have those big changes. And at the time I needed that, um, after having so many, failed attempts and um it got me to a place where then I was more receptive to what what the lifestyle the long-term lifestyle really needs to be mm-hmm. I mean I I, I know we, we have talked about it and I talk about this a lot um you know I don't think that weight loss surgery has anything to do with my success at this point I honestly don't um you know I it's interesting because even though I work with a lot of weight loss surgery patients um a lot of times when people hire me they don't know that I've had surgery and it's not that I'm like trying to hide it by any means it just has nothing to do with with me like it just has nothing to do with my life right now and my success and the, the lifestyle that I've created um I do think that for me 
you know, that I've said this before that, you know, I, I, I think that in a lot of instances and in my case that maybe it caused more harm than good as far as like health things and things I had to go back and fix. I think that it puts, sometimes it puts the cart before the horse in the mindset department, because when you're losing weight naturally, Mm -hmm. um, you have to dig into all of that deep shit. And I think a lot of times we have to loop back on that when it comes to weight loss surgery. But I will say that I think that, you know, results are motivating. And I think that part of what made me um, really seek out the education and and find the things that do define my success was because I was, I had those quick results in the beginning and I was like, Oh my God, I am going to figure out what I need to do to keep this train on the tracks here. And so I think that was the thing that pushed me, but it, I did, you know, I, I crashed my metabolism and fucked up my hormones, definitely fucked with my brain. Um, but you know, I'd like to say hindsight being 2020, if I met Jason beforehand, and hired him that I wouldn't have had to go through weight loss surgery. But I don't know that, you know, it's part of my story. And, you know, I can't say I regret it. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys if I didn't have the the surgery and, and all of that stuff. Um, so I, so I don't know, I'm like, so wishy-washy on that. Um, but I, but I do think that, you know, a big problem is that people don't consider mm-hmm. like that there are like side effects to, to anything that you do, <laughs> whether it be surgery or pills or shots or, you know, and, or even, you know, a run of the mill diet or whatever it is, there are, you know, there are side effects, there's actions and consequences. And I think that that needs to be considered, um, which is probably my answer to the last question here, which is uh, one piece of advice for people considering weight loss surgery. Jess. Do your research um and and beyond just what you're seeing from people's highlight reels on Instagram or social media in general um really ask all the questions and 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 try to talk to some people that are you know 5 10 years out to see what their opinions are those people the, the people I wouldn't talk to the people that are, you know, six months, a year out because they're still on that honeymoon phase and everything's good and great and everything's worked. Those aren't the people that you need to talk to if you're considering this. You need to talk to somebody who's, you know, I would say at minimum five years out um, to to really know like what that long term looks like because – I don't know. I, I'm I'm eight years out, so I'm way past any kind of, of, of honeymoon stage, and it's a completely different ball game than it was um, early on. So, I would say do proper proper research. I would agree. I'd Danielle. also like try to do it yourself for at like not a gimmick diet, not a you know a crash diet. Like genuinely work with a coach. Like get information and see if you can find that long-term success on your own. Um, If that's, you know, I feel like if you do that and you can't, then maybe it's the right option for you. But I see so many people who, you know, it's like, oh, should I, should I do it? Should I do it? And I just, I would consider other options um, prior to that. There just aren't very many, you know, good options anyways. Um, You know, don't do a Weight Watchers. Don't do, uh, you know, go on some weight loss medication. Like, do actual hard work. I mean, it sounds complicated, but at the same time, it comes down to diet and exercise. You know, like, it's it's a lot, but then at the same time, like, it mm-hmm. breaks down to so – there's core details, you know. And so I guess my advice would be to try to look mm-hmm. into doing it yourself first. Um 
you know, and if you haven't, then maybe that's, you know, especially if you're paying out of pocket for it, you could put that money to use on getting a good coach, working on your nutrition, you know, oh, organic's too expensive or, oh, you know, I, eating healthy is too expensive. Um, use that money that you would put towards a bariatric surgery to focus on your diet, to focus on getting a personal trainer, to get, you know, to get whatever you need to be successful. And then mm -hmm. maybe you can forego the weight loss surgery. I mean, mm -hmm. at this add point, to Danielle's I'll... point, you're going to have to do the work anyways after the weight loss <laughs> yeah. surgery. Yeah. <laughs> and go, and the work works. Go figure. Um, but the work yeah. takes time. And time is something that we've talked about on every single episode of this podcast because time's a bitch, man. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's my least favorite answer always. Um, but, you know, I think that. The, I, I agree with you. I agree with you guys both. I think that it's that, you know, it's, it's a matter of doing your research and making sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, and, and also, yeah, I, I really like Jess's point of, you know, of, of finding people that, that you view mm -hmm. as being successful years down the road here and talking to them and getting some more information. Um, and, and, and success is defined in, in a lot of different ways, but for how you want to define it, for what you want to see in yourself, um, I think that that would be, you know, that's, that's really valuable as well. All right, the final question that's only for Danielle, because we ask everybody this question at the end of the pod. If there was one food that could be calorie and consequence free, so no digestive upset, no calories, no, you know, totally constant, no hangover. Alcohol. Um, what would that be? <laughs> <laughs> that's my girl. That's a, that's a um, I. That's a <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't answer what we Oh, did. that's true. I do love say. cheese, um, but I am mostly dairy-free when, except when I'm being bad because it makes me bloat like crazy. Um, so that would be nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. But I feel like <laughs> I really enjoy free. drinking with friends, yeah. and I, I like wine. I like sugary drinks, um, and I hate drinking my calories. Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely hate it. And it just adds up so fast. And if I'm, uh, Sarah knows this about me. If I'm going to drink, I'm not having a drink. Um, most of the time it's, uh, well, now that I work, you know, I'm only off every 10 days. So on those, uh, days off, uh, uh, if I am drinking, I am drinking with a purpose and adding up the calories quickly. So I got like any type of alcohol. I mean, Danielle, you know that you can get fucked up and catch a buzz calorie free. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say something inappropriate on this podcast. I feel like I've been I feel like I've been so subdued. I've only said fuck In person you're a lot worse. <laughs> you guys both know that. Um, hey, Danielle, thank you so much for coming. And you know what's so funny is that I posted the question box to do this Q&A because we knew Taylor was going to be out of town. And Danielle yeah, I was, was like, like, I want to talk about weight loss surgery because we'd already, I, had already told, I had already told Sarah, I was like, I want to be a guest. And she's like, well, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I don't know. Um, and then so when she saw that, when she put that up, I was like, oh, I could talk about weight loss surgery. Like, that's perfect. Um, obviously, I've kind of created a platform on uh, having had weight loss surgery. And um, so I was like, oh, that's a perfect topic. Danielle's like our in-house celebrity. Um, whenever we like go, whenever we go out, Danielle, can I tell the story? 
We went out for Danielle's birthday, and we were. This is oh my gosh! And she literally said to the waiter, she was like, "I have twenty thousand followers. If you give us a shots, I'll post about it on my story." And they did. Wait, wait, wait! So, you you got to give the full. A friend that's you famous. have to give the full context. All right, go. First off, it was my birthday. I was already highly intoxicated, and they already offered us a free round of shots. In general, before that, they gave us a free round of shots to post uh, a Google review. And so everyone posted a Google review, and we got free shots. It was not just that I came out of nowhere. They had already offered free shots, and I said, hey, if you're looking – I said, if you're looking for promotion, you're looking for Google reviews, like, are you looking for Instagram exposure? Because I have a platform. It was a lot. It was a lot. Lo- it was a lot louder and a lot less dignified. Than that. Not- <laughs> so here's so here's proof that you can have weight loss surgery. You can live a healthy lifestyle. You can look and feel the way that you want to look, and you can still go out and get your face with your friends. Sometimes um, it's all about hashtag balance. Yes. <laughs> Is that a good place for us to wrap it up? <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you for listening to the Been There Lost Fat podcast. Our motto here is do it right so you only have to do it once. If you're looking for personalized and customized programming to reach and sustain your health and fitness goals, check us out at teamfitwithme.com. Complete the contact page, set up a call with me. They're free. And, uh, and keep listening to the podcast. Thank you guys. You're the best. That was a fun one.